welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara of Star Sound Astrology. So, episode 147, part three of the Pluto return, the Pluto return of the USA. So, um, if you haven't seen the, the episode 145 and 146, you, you'll probably want to do that, um, building that foundation about what is the, what does this mean, Pluto return, and what are the archetypes? And, uh, and then in part two, I did one of the remedies and things. How do we work with this outrageous, cathartic, explosive, transformative energy of Pluto at this time in our lives? And how can we make the best use of it? Just some ideas. Uh, in this particular uh, episode, we're going to look at the chart um, on February 20th. So it's only what, um, you know, nine, nine days from this recording. Wow, oh my God. Um, we will have the exact 27 degrees, 33 minutes Pluto will be in Capricorn. And that is the exact place where it was when the USA was born on in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 510 was it PM? Um, and, um, and that was um, very much chosen, you know, by a uh, very, inter you, you probably know by now that, you know, the founding fathers were Masons, which are very advanced and in those higher levels of Masonry where they get deep into astrology and Benjamin Franklin, you know, you can go on the internet and look this up. He, he was an astrologer and maybe it was him and maybe others are for sure him. He, you know, they astrologically set this up um, this particular chart or that particular time to, um, you know, to best serve, you know, the, the, we, this is called electional astrology, when you elect a time, um, and it will um, assist you in, in whatever it is that you want to accomplish. So what I'm going to do is talk about these, this chart, what is going to be showing us on February 20th, but from the highest, most existential, highest potential for our country you know, not how, it, <laughs> much of how it's turned out has been very, not the highest, right? Uh, however, I'm going to show you what it is, what we're really looking at, and what is that potential that all of us can choose as we move into more and more authentic expressions of ourselves, thereby raising the collective consciousness. So uh, who would like that? Me, thank you. Hold the pickles and mayo. I want expanded consciousness for everyone. So um, with that, let us go to the chart. Okay, so I didn't get a chance to like, play with my broken software, but I will. So for now, I'm still using um, astro.com. So I can't do that little wheelie chart. I love spinning that wheel forward, but it's okay. Um, those good folks at astro.com make wonderful charts for free. If you have to plug in a chart and look at something, um, they're very, it's Swiss, you know, they're, they're like precise, like unbelievably precise, right? Um, and astro-seek.com is another fabulous site. Those are the two that I rely on when, you know, when it's Mercury retrograde and the software blows up <laughs> anyway. All right. So let's go look at that and I'll pull up the chart. All right, so here we go. This is, you know, July 4th, 5, 10 p.m. Um, one thing I want to point out, the, oh, I, I'm a Hellenistic astrologer. For those of you who don't know me, I do ancient astrology, also known as Hellenistic, and, and I use whole sign houses. 
So it's not Placidus, which is what most modern astrologers use. Nothing wrong. They're all different lenses through which we view transformation. Um, and so this chart is showing us um, the entire first house, for example, is one is Sagittarius. So each house represents a separate zodiac sign. So the ascendant floats. So you, as you can see here, it's still 12 degrees, 21 minutes, but that's whole sign houses. Okay. Notice 12, 1, 2, 2, 1, 12, 21. What do they call that? A palindrome when you have a word that is spelled one way and the other? Well, 1, 2, 2, 1, 1, 2, 2, 1, 1, 2, 2, 1. Um, numerically, um, if you are familiar with the Keys of Enoch, an incredibly uh, mystical book. Let's see, where's my key? Oh, let me show you. I got it right. I have it right here. This is. You talk about advancing your consciousness. Uh, I could do a whole set episode on that. This is the book, and it's called, here it is, The Keys of Enoch, uh, The Book of Knowledge, The Keys of Enoch. Well, well, very shiny. I don't know if you can read that thing, but anyway, there you go, The Keys of Enoch. And um, it is a, a very a deeply mystical book, but one of the things they talk about in that is the ascension overlap, one, two, two, one. So I found it very interesting that the, if we use, this is called the Sibley chart, which is very commonly, probably the most commonly accepted chart. There are other charts that have like Gemini rising. And again, fabulous, you know, all looking at these things through different lenses, it's all truth. But what I love about the Sibley chart is the ascendant, which is like the most important point in the chart, right? The moment, 5, 10 p.m., the ascendant was at Sagittarius, 12 degrees, 21 minutes, one, two, two, one, ascension overlap. Ascension, um, as we know, as you know, on, on those of us on this dedicated spiritual path, we know that the United States has always been about that. I mean, look, the eagle, right? The, the, our, our animal totem is the eagle and it is on, you know, it's on the quarter and the, um, the eagle represents, of course, ascension, um, it is the higher octave of Scorpio, you know, yeah, the scorpion and the, and the eagle. So this is about renewal and rebirth and, you know, taking flight, right? Uh, so very interesting that we have um, this, this kind of setup. The, um, as you can see here, here's, here's this big P here. P, it looks like P and L together. So that's Pluto. And is, so in the moment when the U.S. was incarnated, <laughs> In this particular uh, view of things, we had Pluto in the second house, which the second and eighth houses are the money houses, money, support, resources, wealth, talents, skills, um, our own resources and wealth um, and other people's eighth house would be the uh, others. So um, here's, here's the transiting in this chart, we see this outer ring in blue and then all of these little glyphs here are the planets on the on February 20th, they're going to be in these positions, right? Um, so this is the transiting, right? So those of you new to astrology, the inside of a natal chart never changes. This is like our, our roadmap, our, our, our soul map uh, to enlightenment, you could say, whether it's natal or in this case, the chart of a country. And then the outer ring are the, uh, the transiting planets. So this is like where it is in the sky. Right now we've got Venus, Mars, and Pluto all in the sign of Capricorn, you know, moving through the zodiac at different speeds. And, um, 
And so um, on this day, as you can see, Pluto lines up exactly right there to the degree in minute. It's already at 27 degrees, but it'll be 27 and 33 minutes, right? So that's super exact. Um, and so this becomes a chart, you know? So we look at that and you're like, okay, wow, that's cool. Venus and Mars together, co-present, very hand in hand in the Airbnb of Saturn in Capricorn. Um, that's um, very, very dynamic. You know, uh, this is definitely about our values and our drive, our will and our desire being married under, you know, uh, feminine earth, right? Capricorn, feminine earth sign. Wow, this speaks very loudly about cultivating our worth and our resources in alignment with the divine feminine. So I don't care where you are on the gender spectrum, you could be male, female, non-binary, LGBTQ, transgender, all of it is included, right? We are all, you know, the archetype of the nurturing goddess, the, the, the divine feminine. This is a very loud chart for bringing this into existence. If you look here really closely, notice how um, natally we have the moon in Aquarius. Well, very late degree, like semi-sextile. Um, so, so this, the moon in Aquarius is, that's our country. The moon is the population of, of a planet, right? It's, it's the, um, it rules the population at large. So the moon in Aquarius would mean, remember our little geography lesson in grammar school, America is the melting pot, right? So there's the melting pot, Aquarius, out of many, one. We have immigrants, we have Native Americans, we have all of these people that have come together, very unfortunately, Africans kidnapped for centuries, uh, but they are a part of our, our, our family, you know, taken under the most horrendous circumstances known to man. Well, Aquarius can also be about um, revolt and rebellion and trauma. Well, certainly, you know, <laughs> hello, genocide of Native Americans, kidnapping and, you know, the whole tragedy of, of, of what had happened, how Black people came to America, right? It was just, but the opportunity to be freed of that and to renew. If you notice here, the moon is about very close. 29 degrees would be the final degree of this sign. And at zero degrees, it would go into Pisces. So the moon at a very late degree, about to go in a few hours after this document was signed, it went into Pisces. So we look at that and we say, okay, that is also in the fourth house of home and roots and family. So the US collective is really a very deeply mystical, creative, imaginative nation, very, very devoted to love, compassion, spirituality, right? That would be the high road, um, um, you know, the shadow being deception and fantasy, right? You know, with, with Pisces uh, being there. Um, however, the, the moon ready to move into that, it's like saying, okay, from, from, this, from this polyglot accumulation of population, some of which was tragic and uh, like, you know, in, in the case of the, you know, slavery, and women not having a voice or a presence or a vote until the 20th century. You know, you can see how all these disparate parts and pieces of different pain bodies uh, coming together and the potential is to merge with the divine and, and forgiveness and um, compassion and mercy and kindness and, um, you know, a spiritual, this, the highest mystical velocity 
is really what's where we want to move as a as a country. Uh, Jupiter is in ancient astrology. Jupiter is the ruler of the fourth house, which rules the first house. It rules Sag and Pisces. So Jupiter rules our ascendant. So how we show up is a very rich country, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, oh, America the beautiful, oh, amber waves of grain, purple mountains, majesty. Da 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 da. You know, our little our songs that we learned as children. Um, very much indicated by that Sag rising. Well, Sag also, like I said, rules the fourth and Sag ruling, um, sorry, Jupiter ruling the fourth. The, the, um, what that indicates um, is again, this abundant expansion into consciousness, into higher consciousness. So the, the ability to transcend um, uh, all boundaries, you know, the, the, the Pisces is the, the dissolution, the dissolution of reality as we know it. Now, of course, the shadow side is deception and fraud, you know, oh, wow, I rose colored glasses. The high road, of course, is, it's like, I always say Neptune is like the, I mean, um, Neptune in the modern uh, astrology would rule this house, Pisces, uh, but it's like the, um, you, you know, Bhakti, if there was a Bhakti sign, it would be, it would be Pisces, you know, the Bhakti yoga, the yoga of devotion, this pure devotion to the divine. So that's the high potential. And that's where it's like, we have the choice. We, our Dharma is like, we are about to embrace this very pivotal point in our evolution. If you think about the fourth house, fourth house is an angular house. So that's a, that speaks loud. Those you know, first, fourth, seventh, and 10th houses, angular houses, it's like the steering wheel, right? This is when change happens. So the moon about to go into the fourth house in this chart to me says, yes, from our diversity, we can come together as one Aquarius, right? Humanitarian, right? Overcoming differences, seeing everything for the betterment of humanity and moving into mystical velocity. And I would say too, um, this is also gives us our our tech country, you know, Aquarius rules technology. So yes, a, a country consumed by technology uh, shortly after the, um, you know, with, with the American revolution, we had the industrial revolution, right? The first wave, and then we had a second wave, a third. So the, you know, the steamboat and, and the cotton gin and, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, bringing us into this technological age. We were already in the modern age and then going to the technological age. So this to me also says, yes, technology, okay. And um, moving away from the linear calculated mind, you know, embracing our, our, our reason and science and technology embracing, but taking that into a mystical dimension. So not getting lost in, you know, virtual reality goggles, that would, that would not be cool, right? There's an opportunity here to evolve, but it is moving into that mystical velocity. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, notice here that Pluto is this red line. Um, Pluto is in opposition to this little, it looks like a little pie, right? That's called the part of fortune. Um, now, um, the part of fortune is where we find success. You know whether it's material wealth or material success or any kind of success well we have that as for the usa in the sign of cancer notice we got a real busy house here we got a stellium in cancer we are a cancer country right july 4th the sun was in cancer we have venus jupiter the sun mercury okay 
this is not ancient astrology, but I love, sometimes I throw vertex in. It's not a planet, it's a mathematically derived point. It represents a fate, a fated event or thing or person that comes into our lives that, you know, forever changes. And that is exactly conjunct, 26 degrees, conjunct the part of fortune. I just find that that's kind of interesting. So that's like saying we have a, our, our fate, our destiny is to be this kind, caring country. Well, as, as you know, you know, ever since I was a little kid, you know, every time you, you read about a disaster, it's like America would send in supplies, right? Somebody else on the other side of the world. I remember as a kid going, where do they get all this money? Like all of a sudden they, they got supplies on a plane. I'm like, I don't know about you, but I have to go to the I got to go to the, the store and buy some stuff, you know, but as a little kid, like, how do they just mobilize all this? Boom, they're ready to go. And they, they and, and any disaster, you know, floods, this, that, and the other, immediately shipments, right? So it's very caring. We want to take care of people um, and uh, facing death, you know, that eighth house of, of death and renewal, right? So we are really good at taking care of people. Um, on a spiritual level, I would say that the, the great potential of our country is in this ability to regenerate ourselves into this emotional, vulnerable, intimate uh, fre frequency of caring for each other and helping each other grow and evolve out of survival and embracing deep transformative experiences that will bring us to more of that nurturing divine feminine element. That would be my, my take on a spiritual take on the eighth house. Notice that Pluto is in exact opposition, just one degree away, but yes, that's an opposition. With So this, uh, you can see clearly, this is a power struggle. Pluto represents, you know, life, death, sex, power, sex, power, and money. Plutocrats, you know, the, the shadow would be these, you know, uh, manipulative patriarchal power struggle with the patriarchy and keeping status quo, right? Capricorn, right? Like let's keep tradition and keep the status quo and try to control things. Um, but of course the high road is to move beyond that, which is what we are doing right now. We see here with, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and the women's movement, for example, Me Too, you know, all of these uh, incredible, um, you know, and then the indigenous peoples um, speaking up and getting their lands back and protesting pipelines that run through sacred ground. And um, in Canada, you know, that the horrendous tragedies that's happened with the sexual abuse with the, the young children in Indian schools, what they used to call them, and how they abused uh, so many people and they found mass graves. I mean, it's, it's this ugly side is being healed, right? So this is all coming up right now with this Pluto conjunct natal Pluto in opposition. So we are saying, okay, how do we bring this? How do we heal this? How do we become that caring, compassionate nation um, that is free of this, this pain body of the past? Uh, the other thing I wanted to, to point out is um, on that day, as you can see, here's Mercury, little, you know, the god of the the messenger God that moves in and out of worlds, you know, in liminal space, liminal space between one world and the next. And it moves and he, he was the God, the messenger God of communications, ideas, data, information, processing, the rational mind, you know, it's like all, all of those things are very uh, mercurial, um, buying and selling, you know, he, he's just, he's everywhere, right? The, I always say he's the ADD poster boy of the Zodiac. 
uh, <laughs> attention dialed into a higher dimension, right? ADHD. Uh, and then back to the lower dimension, right? So it's like both worlds. Mercury will be in Aquarius um, at, at a degree, which is, as you can see here, uh, Mercury it will be at five degrees of Aquarius. So that's only one degree from the nodes, the nodes of the United States, the South node and the North node. What does this say? Our destiny lies in embracing and owning our God self as we are sovereign beings of light, uh, where we want to lean into. What we want to let go of is isolating ourselves, hiding behind cell phones, perhaps. Um, you know, what about gated, the third house, neighborhoods, no, what gated communities? I mean, I know, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to diss gated communities, okay? That's separation. You know, it's like in the medieval times, they had the moat. Well, now you got this, you know, electronic gates, right? So the, there's this, and, you know, people have their reasons, and I get it, I, you know, nothing wrong, I understand. And we're just looking at this, um, sorry, I don't, I'm not trying to diss anybody, I'm just asking us to, you know, let's open our eyes and see this. Um, we get to maybe look at this in, in new eyes instead of feeling isolated. What about um, breaking down those walls? And, and really, uh, I don't mean, I'm not espousing any kind of, you know, I'm not saying take a hammer to the wall of your gated community. That is not what I'm saying here, um, but take a hammer to the crust around our, our heart that um, walls us off you know, the real wall is really in ourselves. It's not the, out, the outside, it's just the, the reflection of that. Well, Mercury over this south node, the south node in Aquarius, um, what you don't see here is there is actually a, an, um, it's, a it's called a centaur. It's, it's a small um, astral body. <clears throat> it's like an asteroid. These are, uh, there is one called Pholus. P-H-O-L-U-S, you can look it up. We have um, the Pholus is, was conjunct the south node of, of the United States chart at six degrees. It was, it's conjunct, it's right next to that south node. And, um, you know, again, this is like, don't fall back into dependence on technology. Don't separate yourself from your neighbor over with walls, fences, and technology. Use your neighborhoods to come together and ally with each other, um, come up with innovative, unique, beautiful, ingenious solutions to connection. Well, especially with Mercury, Mercury loves to connect people uh, with, with ideas and information. Well, on that day, he's gonna be lining up with not just the South Node, but with Pholus. Now, when, um, when we had the Capitol riots, it, Saturn was conjunct Pholus. So Saturn representing government, um, connecting with Pholus. Obviously it was like all hell broke loose. I'm not saying I'm not going there. You know, that's not, I'm not creating that reality. Uh, however, I, am, I do know that with Pholus, um, and if you read the myth, it's, it's, uh, the, um, it's like a, Pandora's box. The story goes that, you know, Pholus went to, was, uh, he had this cask of, was it wine? And he, he, it was owned by the centaurs and, and, you know, those whole horsey guys, right? Well, uh, Hercules was like visiting him and he was victorious in battle. He's like, hey, Pholus, hey man, you know, and he's like high-fiving him. Oh, look at that bottle over there. Let's have some wine. Let's, let's celebrate. And he's like, no, 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 you can't do that. That's, I can't open that bottle. I'm sorry. That's the centaurs and we're not allowed. 
Well, of course, what do you think happened? He talks him into it. So the cork comes off and all of a sudden the centaurs out there, you know, think about like that scene in Harry Potter with the centaurs in the forest, Ferenz, remember Ferenz and all those, they were like really badass, you know, centaurs. Well, they're like, whoa, somebody opened the flask. I was like, whoa, what the, hey. And they just went charging into this, oh, you know, what happened? And it becomes this, you know, ballroom brawl melee, this big brouhaha and fists are flying and it gets very ugly and people got killed. It's sad scene, but it was out of control. So it's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, well, sorry, it's too late. You know, the, 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 the cork is off and there's no going back. So that's kind of an energy of folus. So we could look at this as saying, okay, Mercury, you know, the, the, the youth can also be Mercury, the ideas and um, the cur curiosity and the desire to, you know, connect with technology in a good way and to communicate with each other in different unusual ways um, can, the lid can come off, um, but it can be in a good way. It doesn't have to look nasty and, you know, revolt and rebellion. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't know about you, but I use mantra and prayer and yoga to keep myself sane and I'm like, I don't want to be on that channel. I'm, the channel I'm on is looking at this is, you know, using my mind and my um, my desire to connect with um, in the highest way for the benefit of humanity and let that, let that cork come off forever, right? <laughs> Humanitarian uh, love for one's neighbor, <laughs> you know, literally like love my neighbor, connect with them, uh, innovate, right? Come up with outrageous um, ideas that advance all of us. So, I just wanted to point that out. The other, one other thing I wanted to point out is we are in what is called a Neptune opposition. So Neptune is the second slowest planet, Pluto being the furthest, takes 248 years to go around the zodiac. So unless you're over 248 years old, you haven't seen, none of us have seen a Pluto return. Um, now there are yogis that live several hundred years in the Himalayas and, you know, uh, we, we read about them. If you're interested in knowing more about that, you can always pick up a copy of Autobiography of a Yogi. Um, they talk about the saints and these incredible beings that live in the Himalayas and many, many places to read about that. But I know that Yogananda's autobiography uh, has incredible stories of saints and miraculous beings and, you know, living outside this box that we have so we so easily fall into in the past. But uh, anyway, the, um, yeah, I was just saying about the, um, yeah, the Neptune, the Neptune opposition. So 248 years for Pluto, what is it, 100 and, 166 years is it for Neptune to come around very slow, right? The second furthest out planet, Neptune. Well, when we were born as a USA country, we had Neptune in Virgo. So the ideal work and service situations, being, being you know, selflessly serving others is like very much a part of our national 10th house reputation. You know, how are we seen? Visionaries, brilliant um, visionaries, very attuned to the, uh, to the mind and, you know, all Virgo in qualities, discernment and things. Discernment, yes, but also maybe not discernment because Neptune can cloud uh, our thinking. Um, and with Neptune now, 166 years later, here it is in exact opposition. Notice that Neptune is at 
22 degrees Pisces. So Pisces, Virgo, right? Opposite signs, 22, 22. On February 20th, 2, 22, 22, 22. Whoa, all those 20 dudes. That's pretty cool. Mathematics, right? This is, what is astrology? Sacred math, sacred geometry. 22, master builder, the higher octave of, you know, there's 11 and then there's 22, the higher octave, the master builder. So, wow, what do we get to build? Well, it's in the, in the United States, we have it in the fourth house and the 10th house. I remember I said earlier, angular houses, Woot. very late day, as my teacher Achuta says in Nightlight Astrology, he said, you know, angular houses, the planets in there speak with a megaphone. So this is a big old megaphone for mysticism, service, reality. What is reality? What, what is it? What is the things we thought were real? Maybe aren't real. Uh, Neptune dissolving, right? In that opposition is like, well, um, you know, what, what do we want to say about mysticism? What do we want to say about our, um, our sense of reality, what is real? And what about those other dimensions that are not in the physical world, right? Neptune's all about the, the non-physical world, you know, fog and it's like the mist and what what's what's out there? <laughs> um, you could say, you know, ruling, um, you know, Neptune rules ghosts, UFOs, apparitions, um, the dream world. You know, I, I my, you know, being the good little Catholic school girl, I remember loving to read those stories about Bernadette of Lourdes and Fatima, where Mother Mary appeared to children in Portugal in 1917 and talked about the approaching, um, you know, the, that was during, was it 1914 or 17? Anyway, World War One. And, um, and then also in Medjugorje, in, which is at now, I believe, either Croatia or Serbia. And also in, um, in Lourdes in the 1850s, Bernadette of Lourdes. Um, so, you know, apparitions um, and otherworldly beings. Wow, you know, what could, what could happen there? Um, pretty outrageous. Hey, you know, Pisces, maybe mermaids. Uh, you know, did you know that there are there are journals that Christopher Columbus's son, when he was journaling the transatlantic journeys, you can read in his journals that they actually, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I don't care. Um, he actually talked about seeing mermaids in the oceans, like, and they even had engravings. You could look this up. It's, it's incredible. And um, if you really want to, if you got to satisfy that scientific left brain, it's okay. We all have to keep our balance. Uh, there is a, um, a museum in, I want to say it's either Denmark or Norway, somewhere in Scandinavia, and they have a skeleton of a mermaid that was found. I mean, a real like archaeologist, and they have it in a glass case in this museum. So this is a museum, right? This is not hokey, you know, crazy new age people. <laughs> this is scientists and academicians that have this uh, anthropologists, whatever, you know, on archaeologists on this, in this display. So you can you can look that up if you want to take a look at it. And here's Christopher Columbus. And in many, many Renaissance paintings, they're show, they show um, mermaids. Um, in, in the Hindu um, Vedic uh, uh, canon, there is uh, Matsya Vishnu. You know, there's different incarnations of Lord Vishnu. And one of them is Matsya, Matsya uh, Vishnu. And um, he is shown as, well, you could say a merman. He has a, a, a body of a fish on the bottom, like his 
tail, like a mermaid, you know, and then there's the physical human part in the top. So there's this understanding of other dimensions of consciousness and this, uh, you know, when you think about it, I, I call them CTs, okay? Oh, oh CTs, you get, you get it, CTs. Anyway, uh, uh, all right, all right, I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, yeah, so this, this you know, mermaids, um, mermaid consciousness, you know, it, why, if you think, okay, you know what, there are ETs out there, well, if, how come, you can have an ET, but and you can have Mother Mary appearing in Lords and Fatima, but you can't have a mermaid. It's like, well, why not? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Columbus had documented it, or his son and diaries, and the incredibly, um, you know, beings from other dimensions. Uh, there are also books about giants. You know, there are many, many giant skeletons found in Indian burial mounds, and, and very much throughout the Midwest United States and. Um, in, in the South and the Midwest United States, I believe it was, I want to say it was DeSoto when he, when he explored the, the area of Florida in, I want to say the 16th century, 1500s. Um, in his journals too, he wrote, and there, again, you can read about this and find this out some more in books. He wrote, wrote about um, encountering giants, you know what I mean? And then there's giants written about in the Bible. So, you know, these represent this other further out expansion of the spectrum of consciousness. So with this Neptune opposition, perhaps we might be seeing, you know, there might be something in the direction of these very mystical um, otherworldly beings that we might come into contact with in our Virgo daily life. In our, you know, you're walking down the street and there's a big old spaceship just shows up, you know, it's like, oh, you're uh, standing at the ocean, right? Pisces was the ocean. And you see, um, you know, a ship come in and out of the water or a mermaid or something. Uh, so, um, very, so there's some very interesting potential. There could also be deceptions too. You know, there's always somebody that wants to make a buck off of something. So uh, there could be something very real happening, but then there's there might be a spin to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, that's all a bunch of bull or to try to deceive people in another direction of what is real and what isn't. So um, that's, that's how that could play out. Um, I wanna just end by giving us some quotes from the, Gloria, uh, let me stop the share here. Um, okay. Um, oh, just before we move on about the Gloria Stanton quotes from her book, uh, Revolution from Within, which was mentioned in the previous podcast. Um, I just wanna say that um, this chart that I just showed you is the chart of, um, you know, that's that's the chart. It's like a new birth chart, right? Of, the, of what our, this particular, uh, Pluto return is going to look like with that influence, that 22 degree influence of Neptune, fourth house, 10th house. So our public reputation, 10th house, fourth house, our home life, our genealogy, you know, it's like connecting with our true mystical roots, you could say. So um, that is a theme that we're going to be seeing. Um, on July 11th, Pluto will Pluto will retrograde uh, in uh, was in May I think, uh, April 30th or May 1st. It's going to retrograde and um, it'll go slowly trudge back to 27:33 on July 11th, a week after our Independence Day. Then it will go swing back one more time at the end of December on that point. So this is a process. This is a 
a birthing process, just like you think about labor pains, it's like contraction, expansion, it's like it's coming through this, you know, you could say the, the dark night of the soul, but it, it's part of our evolutionary process that we go deep into this Plutonian underworld and reinvent. And like I was sharing, you know, we have this ability as the population of the US with that moon can go into that fourth house. It can become our mystical velocity can become the very bedrock from which we exist. And that that is certainly my wish for, for everyone uh, to, um, to realize these things on the highest level. Okay, I'm gonna <clears throat> end by saying, there's some really cool quotes. Gloria Steinem wrote this book. Now, let me see, I can grab that. Hold on just a second. Okay, share screen. Da -da -da -da. Here we go. This is what the book looks like. The first edition was like this, Revolution from Within. And it says here, um, the, it was updated pretty recently. And so it looks like this now, a book of self-esteem. So that's why I'm bringing, why am I bringing this up? What does this have to do with Pluto and Capricorn? Well, we just had this outrageous um, transit of, of Venus conjunct Pluto, right? Um, right around Christmas. And then it just ended recently. So we've been looking and examining our relationships and our self-esteem, right? This is our, our self-worth as so Venusian. And um, with Venus, um, you know, being there so, so close with, um, as we have seen here in our, um, with Venus being in the sign of Capricorn, you know, Venus and Mars approaching that Pluto pretty soon, uh, that will definitely, uh, we're, we're definitely looking at our self-worth, ourselves versus the, 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 oh, the, pa the patriarchy and the plutocracy, this toxic plutocracy and um, reinventing ourselves newly where, you know, we are the wealth. Wealth is not, you know, Jeff Bezos, that, that's old paradigm. This is like about reinventing ourselves newly and claiming our, our worth. So she has a lot to say about that. And um, so that's what the book looks like. And it says the ultimate self-help book. That's what the LA Times called it. Classic bestseller. She came out with this 30 years ago. So we're, we're in the Saturn return of this, of this amazing book. But I found some good, cool quotes. So I just wanted to to share them with you. Um, one of them was uh, here, you know, talk about self-esteem. It says, um, uh, and this again, this speaks to the collective. She said here, I've learned from these events that self-esteem plays as much a part in the destiny of nations as it does in the lives of individuals. That self-hatred leads to the need either to dominate or to be dominated. That citizens who refuse to obey anything but their own conscience can transform their countries. In short, that self-esteem is the basis of any real democracy. Wow. <laughs> Here's another great one. I began to understand with a terrible sureness that we teach what we need to learn and write what we need to know. That's true for me. Um, I love this one. Like the spider spinning its web, we create much of the outer world from within ourselves. 
The universe is a joint product of the observer and the observed. I've heard that with other philosophers said similarly. Um, you know, I think about like people might complain, for example, you know, Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos. It's like, okay, but we've created that. There, that, that is us, you know, there is no, there is no Jeff Bezos. <laughs> there really isn't, right? There is no spoon. You've seen the matrix, right? This is a projection of ourselves. So as we heal here, it's reflected on the outside. Um, and I love this one. Talk about self-esteem. We'll finish with this one. I think we each come out of the womb with some unique way of looking at the world, right? Moon in Aquarius, right? The unique population that, that we are. We each come out of the moon with some unique way of looking at the world. And if we don't express it, we lose faith in ourselves. Wow. So yeah, just wanted to end on, on that note. So um, yeah, so just tough to think about, you know, um, play with this. Uh, how do you feel about all this? I'd love to hear, I always love hearing from you guys. Some of many of you email me. <laughs> it's like, it's okay if you're shy, but you can always leave your comments below. I certainly read everything. Um, so if you like this, please uh, share, subscribe, hit the little button for notification, little bell. Looks like a Liberty Bell. Um, and uh, you can get um, all these when they, when we, when I post these, it'll go right into your inbox. You can get the alert and you're good. So um, anyway, I hope that you, um, you've enjoyed this episode and um, I am going to be talking about the upcoming full moon, which will be very interesting happening next week. Until then, um, many, many blessings, many, many blessings to all of you. And um, we will see you soon. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. Thank you all for listening. Namaste.